0: Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mooney Ponds Baptist Church podcast. Here we upload our weekly teachings that happen every Sunday at our 10am service. If we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out to us. And check out our website at mpbc.org.au um, Our reading today
1: is 1 Samuel chapter 15 verses 10 to 22 and it's from the New International Version. Then the will wo- Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king because he he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul. But he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honour and has turned and gone on down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, What then is this bleating of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, The soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. Enough! Samuel said to Saul, let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites, wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Amen.
0: Thanks, Hilary, for persisting with that. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, it's a light to our feet. It guides us. It's one of the ways that we can hear from you as we, as we listen to what you have said to people through history. Lord, it's a hard passage today. I pray that you'd help us to understand it and understand what you are saying to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, listening um, seems to be a rare activity these days. Studies have actually shown that it's, uh, it's actually common for doctors to interrupt their patients within 11 seconds, even though patients uh, often need about approximately 29 seconds to explain what's wrong with them. Another study has shown that 94% of managers who had been rated as the worst listeners by their employees actually uh, evaluated themselves as good or very good listeners. Another poll showed that one third of women said that their pets were better listeners than their partners. Ouch. I've always wondered why uh, Wendy insisted on us buying a Jack Russell Terrier. (laughs) Apparently uh, she even keeps telling me that they're actually highly intelligent. Unfortunately, our listening habits also carry over into our relationship with God. Many of us are either Many of us either take a shopping list of prayers to God but then don't actually actively listen to what he might be saying in return or we don't even bother seeking God's guidance for any matters at all in our life. And some of the, we heard We saw a little bit of that on the screen this morning, didn't we? You might be one of those people this morning. Instead, we rely on our own wisdom and understanding to get us through. Listening to God, though, is a constant theme in the Bible. The basic idea presented in Scripture is that when God's people listen to him and obey him, things go well, and when they don't, things generally go off course. In the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve didn't listen to God when it came to not eating fruit from the two trees in the centre of the garden, and as a result, they experienced broken relationships in a a a number of ways. They experienced a broken relationship with God internally in themselves, with other other people, and also a broken relationship with the creation. And we can see that being worked out today in our world. Prophet Moses, he also failed to listen at key moments uh, in his life. At one point, uh, Moses tapped a rock to get water from it instead of speaking to it as God had commanded him. And because of this, he was prevented from entering into the promised land, which is a, we, we might think, oh, that's pretty tough. The prophet Jonah, he also didn't listen well to God. God told him to go and warn the Ninevites that God was going to judge them for how they were living. But Jonah hated the Ninevites, and he didn't want to go, and he didn't want them to repent, and he didn't want them to receive God's mercy. So he instead, he's decided to set out for a summer holiday in a different direction. Uh, but for his poor listening uh, ability and lack of obedience, Jonah spent a few days in the belly of a whale where he got a chance to reconsider his, uh, his, his priorities. So that's why it's important to listen this morning. I don't want you to end up in the belly of a whale, so you have to reconsider your priorities either. One of the most tragic stories in the Bible about not listening to God involves King Saul. Saul was uh, Israel's first king. At first he was a humble guy, a good leader, and actually he was a good listener to other people and to God. But slowly he began to rely more and more On his own wisdom and less on God. As the king of Israel saw was meant to listen and depend on God, because this is actually how Israel survived their their journey through the promised land and even in once they were in the in the promised land. Uh, When they were rescued from slavery in Egypt. And began their journey to the promised land. They were actually nearly wiped out on a number of occasions, but early on they were nearly wiped out by an extremely violent tribe called the Amalekites. And in that attack, Israel won uh, the fight with the Amalekites. But it wasn't because they had uh, you know extra strong warriors or because they had great tactical advantage. It was because they depended upon God. See, when the Amalekites attacked, Moses sent men out into the sort of field to fight with Joshua leading them but um, but it wasn't their effort alone that won them the battle while they were fighting Moses actually went up and stood on a hill nearby and he lifted up his hands high up to God and when his arms were raised the battle would begin to go in Israel's favor and when he can you imagine how how, how tiring that would be when he started to droop and his our arms started to sort of hang down the battles swang around and went into the Amalekites uh, sort of favour and uh, fortunately he'd taken a couple of guys with him his brother Aaron and and her another chap and these guys uh, you know propped, propped uh, Moses arms I guess on their shoulders and helped him to hold them up for the whole day and that was the way that she won the battle Now, you're probably sitting there thinking, well, that's a really strange story. (laughs) Um, But it's there because it it reminds us that we also need to depend upon God for everything. But a key part of depending upon God is actually listening to him. Because often God's way forward in a situation is not that straightforward. It's not common sense. I mean, really? Really? God's ways often sound odd and weird. And the only way that, that, uh, you, can, that uh, you, you can find out what to do in that situation is by listening to God. I mean, holding up your arms to win a battle? Come on. That's crazy stuff, isn't it? Speaking to a rock to get water out of it? Really? Really? But if you're going to be a person who follows Jesus into the unknown and who lives for Jesus every day, then you need to learn to be a better listener to God. The CBS journalist Dan Rather interviewed Mother Teresa once. And early in the interview, he asked Mother Teresa about her prayer life. He said, When when you pray, what do you say to God? He thought he was going to get this you know, really big shopping list of sort of prayer requests that she would rattle off to God each day. Can you imagine what Mother Teresa had on her mind? I mean, she was this sort of, head of spiritual head of this mission in Kolkata and in India, caring for, uh, for, for, for uh, you know, desperately poor people and, and children. But Mother Teresa's reply startled the journalist. She said, I don't say anything to God I listen If you if we're going to be people who are partners with God in his mission to the world then listening to God needs to become a priority of ours as well Now we can all make mistakes and fail to listen to God from time to time the danger of not listening is that it actually becomes habitual and you become hard of hearing and this leads to self-deception, and ultimately to failure in our human relationships, and also in our relationship with God. This is essentially really what happened to King Saul. Israel had many enemies whom they had constantly had to defend themselves against, including the Amalekites, who had been this thorn in their side since even just the, you know just leaving leaving uh, Egypt. One day during Saul's reign as king, the prophet Samuel came to him with a message from God, and he he told him that they needed to once again fight against the Amalekites because they posed this great threat to Israel's existence. It was either going to be the Amalekites or Israel, it couldn't be both. And so Samuel told Saul that he should take his army and fight them and not spare any woman, man, child, or any livestock of the Amalekites. All must be destroyed. This is not an easy uh, a story to read today, is it, for our modern ears? But I think we need to hear it in the context of that time. And so the reason for such a harsh command was because Israel's very survival was at stake. Because the, the Amalekites had continued to be this violent tribe who seek to wipe them off the face of the earth as well. So King Saul uh, took his men and he went and attacked the Amalekites. But he didn't do what he'd been told to do. Not because he was a compassionate guy. Instead of wiping out the Amalekites completely, Saul kept alive their king and the best of their livestock. God was displeased with Saul for this. But this wasn't uh, just a one-off mistake for him. Uh, Saul's whole life had been really on this trajectory. He'd been gradually moving in this direction of not listening to God and relying more and more on himself. And that's the trajectory that we can also fall into as well. You know, not many people stand up and say, oh, that's it, I'm out of here, I don't believe anymore. It's usually a gradual thing. But the extent of Saul's decline can can be seen in what he did after fighting with the Amalekites. You see, straight after defeating them, he he went off and he built a monument to himself. Very telling. And so Saul's deception was deep. He, He may not have even been aware of it, but it had become second nature to him. But when Samuel caught up with him, he, he was so deceived, perhaps in self-deception, that he even greeted Samuel really pleasantly. You know, see, Samuel was his prophet who had given him this command, and he said to him, oh, "I've kept, I've kept all the Lord's instructions," even though he hadn't. <laughs> the evidence of his failure to listen and obey were literally all around him. You know, standing, surrounded by <laughs> sheep and cows, they were making noise. You could smell them. Yet Saul carries on this charade saying, oh, that's right. Yeah, I, fo- I faithfully followed the Lord's instructions. It's easy to think poorly of King Saul. But the question we need to reflect on is, are we really any different to him? We haven't gone out and fought a battle or kept sheep and cattle when we're told to kill them. But are we really are we really listening to God and obeying Him in our own lives? We we all get caught out by sin. We can all be hypocrites from time to time. But uh, but what you do when you know that you haven't been uh, when 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 you know that you've been disobedient is key to your future life with God and your ability to be a servant of God in his mission to the world. What you do at that point is crucial. You see, we often try to justify ourselves when we've when we've not listened to God. And instead of admitting our mistakes and asking God to restore us and help us, often we just offer up excuses. The well-known author and missionary Elizabeth Elliott tells a story from her childhood about how she came to understand the importance of listening and obeying and not offering up excuses when she failed. You see, Elizabeth Elliot, she was one of three children. Uh, Her brother's name was Tommy. And uh, when they were young, they were allowed to play in the kitchen, under the kitchen cabinet with all these sort of paper bags and things like that that they stored there. And they used to take them out and and mess around with them. And uh, they made a mess. But their parents didn't mind about the mess as long as they tied it up after themselves. That was the rule. One day they were playing with some paper bags from under the sink and uh, they were having so much fun that Tommy forgot that he was actually meant to be in his piano lessons. And uh, all of a sudden he remembered and he ran off uh, into the living room and started practicing. And they were from a Christian family, like a, mission, a sort of mission family, missionaries and um, So he often used to practice by playing and practicing with Christian songs. But while he's practicing his piano, his father came into the living room and asked him, why are all the paper bags still out on the kitchen floor? Why are they scattered everywhere? You've left the kitchen in a mess, he said. But Tommy answered his father saying, father, I haven't cleaned up that mess, because I'm singing songs to Jesus. Elizabeth Elliot remembered her father's reply, "It's no good, good singing songs to Jesus, Tommy, when you're being disobedient. To, be, to obey is better than sacrifice. You see, God was also not interested in the sheep and the goats that Saul had kept. He was not even interested that they be kept so that they could be sacrificed to him. And in the same way, God is also not interested in our sacrifices or our service or the rituals that we do or the Bible reading that we undertake or the church attendance that we, we do or the prayers that we even do if we don't listen to him and seek to obey him with the rest of our lives. What God wants is a relationship with you, a relationship in which you listen to him and you depend upon him. Standing literally surrounded by sheep and cattle, Samuel said to Saul, what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? At that point in the conversation, there was still an opportunity for Saul to to change. To, to, to repent, to ask God to forgive him, to ask God to help him to change. But he doesn't take that opportunity. Instead, Saul, King Saul hardens his heart further. Saul's answer to Samuel showed his true heart because he says, the soldiers brought them from the Amalekites They spared the best of the sheep and and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. You see, it was classic blame shifting. Back in verse 9, we were told that it was Saul alone who spared King Agag's life and the best of the livestock. But now here in verse 15, Saul tries to shift the blame and say that it was the soldiers who spared King Agag's life and the best of the livestock so that they could sacrifice the best of them to God. First he blames the soldiers, then he goes down the religious route just like Elizabeth Eliot's brother Tommy to justify why he had not listened to God. But Samuel was having none of it. <laughs> Enough, he shouted. Samuel then delivers one of the most memorable lines recorded in the Bible. He says to King Saul, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. To heed is better than the fatter rams. It's not inconsequential not listening to God. It's got consequences and the result for, it, for Saul of him not listening to God and obeying God was that he lost his throne he lost his family. He lost in, in his mind. And eventually he loses his own life. So the ro- results can be quite catastrophic. So we need to allow the story of King Saul not listening to God to shine a spotlight on our own hearts and our minds today. We need to reflect on whether we are really listening to, to, to God ourselves or whether, like Saul, Saul we're just listening to ourselves and using perhaps religious activities as an excuse for not listening and obeying fully. Listening to God isn't easy. It requires humility and also vulnerability, and I saw that in the Mentimeter cloud today. You see, because it requires us being open to being led on unfamiliar paths that we would not normally choose for ourselves. Sometimes we don't want to listen because perhaps we don't know how much God loves us. You see, we, we don't listen because we've, we've got this image of a, a fearful, a, a sort of God who might want to send us to do something that, that's just awful. So part of this listening comes back to our us understanding God more, his, his deep Father's heart for us. This is the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with, with him. You might want your relationship with God to be more predictable based on following religious rituals or church attendance or undertaking certain religious practices or just keeping certain laws. But, but doing those things is not the same as having a, a relationship of trust and dependence upon God. Imagine if your relationship with your partner was based on just obligations and tasks but without relationship, just turning up for meals, doing chores that are assigned to you, paying your share of the rent or the mortgage, all without any interaction or without listening or without talking or without understanding each other's hopes and dreams and aspirations. You see, relationships like that are lifeless. Eventually, One of you is going to leave. Friends, to be a follower of Jesus, you need to listen to Jesus because only then can you hear where he wants to lead you and hear how he wants to grow you and hear what areas of your life he wants to work on in you. As a church, we are currently on a journey rethinking mission. One of the things that I've been picking up from the videos that we've been watching as connect groups is how important it is to be in step with God and to listen to Him rather than just leaning on our own understanding to work out what we should do and where we should go. In one of the videos, a young guy, young man called Kyrian Scaria, talks about how God led him into a very different ministry than what he'd been used to. And some of you hopefully have seen this video. It's an awesome video. But Kieran Scaria was a youth pastor. That, that was his job. And he worked in a fairly big church with a lot of young people. But he began to wonder why there were not so many young people around in the skate parks and on the basketball courts in the area where he was living, as there should be, because he knew the stats of how many people there were in, in the area. But Kirian was this keen, he was also a keen online gamer. And so one day after watching some kids at church, after church, gather around another kid who was playing a video game, he wondered whether he could use online gaming as a vehicle for sharing the gospel, for sharing his faith. So one day while playing an online game by himself, um, he decided to live stream what he was doing. In other words, you know, making it go out on the internet so that anyone could actually join if they wanted to and watch him and talk to him. And he also wondered if he could share his faith with anyone who showed up in that setting. So he gave it a go. And guess what? No one turned up. (laughs) But he just kept doing it and doing it. And then one day, a few weeks later, into, into, into this sort of activity of live streaming himself playing this online game, someone did show up. They said, hi. <laughs> and It shocked him. And then the guy asked uh, if, you know, if, um, if playing online games was Kirian's job. He said, oh, no, it's not my job. I, I work at a church, he said. Oh. Then the guy says, oh, yeah, I used to go to church once. But then, um, then my sister ran away from home. My parents got a divorce. have not been back since, he said. And so they had this ongoing discussion about things and about life. And then at the end of their time together, this sort of game came to an end, of course. And Kirian said to, uh, to this guy, would you mind if I pray for you? He said, sure. And after the prayer, the stranger said something that really impacted Kirian. He thanked him for being there because he said, I wasn't going to walk into a church to have this conversation. Do you know how many online gamers there are in the world? <laughs> 2.8 billion, George. It's nearly a third of the world. Can't believe it. Do you know how many people were trying to engage with those people before Kirian did? Zero. Zero. None, nada, pangali. <laughs> a, all the languages I know. Up until last, uh, last year, Kirin's ministry was engaged though with 117,000 online gamers. They'd actually had these engagements, conversations about God with them. They chat with people all around the world and even have a segment at, at each time they gather where they share a message with people from Scripture And now they've got this big team spread all around the world. People who are involved also in discipling and mentoring people who meet there in that online space. It's an amazing ministry. But did Kirian Skara just think this up himself? You see, he left this perfectly good job with really good pay as a youth pastor and uh, he, went, he went and uh, took up this, this vocation without any income. He left his job and took up this vocation playing online gaming with no income. Why, why did he do this? He did it because he listened to God's voice encouraging him and he obeyed God and stepped out in faith even when it didn't make a lot of sense. You see... The point that I'm trying to make here, friends, is not that God wants all of you or any of you to be online gamers. (laughs) That might be a stretch. The point is about being open to God and listening to God and being obedient so that he can show you the thing that you are meant to be doing even if it doesn't make sense to you right now. That's the point. Leaving a perfectly good job with pay for a vocation without pay is ridiculous, right? It sounds ridiculous. Why would you do that? It's about as ridiculous, though, as speaking to a rock to get water to come out of it or holding up your arms in the air to win a battle. But can, you can do those things. You can hold your hands up. You can speak to the rock. You can leave your job and take up a vocation when you hear God telling you to do them. And for that to happen, you need to actively be listening to him. Friends, God is actually speaking right now. I'm not saying he's speaking directly through me. I'm saying God is always speaking to you. The question is, are you listening? Are you willing to listen? Are you open to hearing God's voice today? Are you prepared to position yourself to hear from God to give God time, space, opportunity in your life, to tell you more about your life, to, give, to guide you on his paths. And this is what God is wanting to do in your life today, friends. And I encourage you to ask God to help you to do this this morning before you actually leave this place. But God is uh, not just wanting us to, do, to, to be listening as, as individuals, we also need to be a community who practices listening to God so we can obey God and, and actually go with God in the mission that He has for us in the world and in the places that we live. And so many of you have been watching the Rethinking Mission video series in your Connect groups and, and you've been discussing what you've heard. Others have just been engaging uh, perhaps by yourself. And I encourage you if you have, if you're not in a connect group, just go to our website and you can find that series you can li- you can look at each of those videos yourself i highly recommend it but the next step friends before we can move ahead to our forums is that we need to spend time actively listening to God together in 1 Thessalonians 5:17 Paul tells the believers to pray continually which is Really a big task for any, any individual alone. But together as a community of Jesus followers, we can actually bring our request to God and ask God for his guidance and his leading continually as we enter into this process. And so I believe that God is calling us as a community to, to actually renew our commitment to prayer, to be opening ourselves up to God each day in order to listen to him. I want to suggest that we commit to listening to God in the period leading up to our first Rethinking Mission forum, which is on August the 7th. And to do this, I want to suggest that we do the following. And I've got this uh, next slide, thanks. I want to suggest that we do this, that we read or listen to a suggested verse of Scripture each day. And it will take you less than five minutes to do that. That's the first thing. We read a small section of scripture each day because God often speaks to us through his word. We ask secondly, we ask God with words. You know, we actually spend a little bit of time talking to God either in your head or verbally out loud. Ask God, what does that verse mean for me, for us, for me personally and for us as a community? Just v- verbally ask God to show you that. And then I want you to spend 15 minutes in silence without a device (laughs) listening to what God might say to you as you reflect on that verse and also as you think about your friends and your family at work or at school or in whatever group you belong to and and, uh, listen to what God might be saying to you about them. And the last thing, the fourth thing is to write down any words or thoughts that come to you during this time. Four simple things. I'm happy to leave that slide up for you afterwards or even write them out. I might even put it in the newsletter this week. But I want to suggest to you that we use this uh, the U version of Bible app to do this. Some of you might already have it, have it, some of you might not. It will give you a verse for the day and you can use this verse for the day as a starting point of your listening to God. And there's a QR code that's coming on the screen now. Uh, You can actually pull out your phones right now. You can click on that. We can send a link out in the Moonee Ponds WhatsApp page. But you can actually download this app. It's free. It's a Bible app. It gives you a version of the Bible in a whole range of different languages. and um, It's for Android phones and iPhone users. And what, I, what I'm suggesting is, we'll go to the next slide, is that there's a few things we can do there. We can uh, read the verse of the day. You can even watch a little video where someone explains it for a minute or two. Then you can reflect on the question. There's even devotionals in there as well. There's other things and even a guided prayer in there. But I'm suggesting the four things that we do is that we read or listen to the verse We ask God to show us what it means. We spend 15 minutes in silence with God, listening to what he might be saying to us about that verse and about our relationships with other people. And then we write down any words or thoughts that come to us. I don't want to call for a show of hands or anything this morning, but I want to ask that you be willing to do this. And I know... I know that you'll be surprised by what God shows you and I know that God will be surprised by what God shows us together as a community. I want to ask you whether you'll commit to this today. I don't need a verbal or visible response, but I want some affirmation from you in your heart, either yes or no. And I ask you, for Jesus' sake and for the sake of the community around us and the world in which we live, I call you to begin your life of actively listening to God in prayer today. Thanks, Rachel.